0: Let's talk Texas Rangers. They spent half a billion dollars with a B on the middle infield. And of course, what's their system full of? Middle infielders. I hopped on with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers to chat about this top 10, what they do about the log jam, and the overall outlook for this farm system.
1: You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick, here today with Lindsey Crosby. I tell you about his show every single day. He is the prospect expert encyclopedia. We are here to talk Rangers, prospects, all things Jack Leiter, all things A Frisco, all things all across the Texas Rangers farm system. But first, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On MLB Prospects your first listen every day if you're not already. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow Lindsey Crosby at Crosby baseball and subscribe on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts now lindsey we are here to talk about this loaded rangers system which has been a while since i've been able to genuinely say that without lying what are what are your initial thoughts on this texas rangers system
0: so you can't tell from my top ten, but the Texas Rangers have thirty-seven thousand middle infielders, uh, which works out well because you also have literally half a billion dollars in my in middle infielders <laughs> at the major league level. So I'm really interested in the versatility of a lot of these guys. But no, just uh, really loaded system, lots of guys that I really love. Um, and and the thing with with this system is so many of these guys have like glaringly elite tools. And the thing that I always talk about on my show is when you're, when you're trying to figure out prospects and you're, you're, you're picking guys, you want them to be exceptionally good at something. And there's so many teams it feels like they draft for just like, he'll be a good baseball player. Like, that's, that's useful to an extent. You have to have good baseball players. But you need guys that have elite l- level tools because you're trying to find superstars here. And like that is like you, you saw by your uh, free agent frenzy how expensive it is to get a star. And so if you get guys with elite tools and then develop the rest of the package, you can get superstars in a much cheaper way. And there's guys in the system who could be superstars.
1: Well, that's encouraging to say, because that's something that I always say the opposite. I always say this Ranger system is really deep, but there's no there's not a lot of real stars. But I, I wanted to get into your your top 10. I looked at yours and you, we have pretty similar we have the exact same players in our top 10 the placement is pretty similar but uh, i want to go through my top 10 and see what surprises you um it also you admitted that you had not seen my top 10 which is very rude that you haven't listened to every single episode of my show very rude of you but anyway <laughs> let's start with my number one josh young number two jack lighter number three cole Wynn, four ezekiel duran five owen white six justin Foskey, seven evan carter eight josh h smith nine Luis Helacuna, and 10 Dustin Harris I do say Josh H Smith because there was a different Josh Smith with some other middle initial that was a reliever in Hickory last year so they had to differentiate why he go. got the middle initial I don't really know actually the other one might have had another but actually used his middle initial but I can't remember what it is so um kind of eluding me at this point but but yours is a little different than mine
0: yeah and and the big change there, I mean, obviously the, the top, I have Jack Leiter number one and Josh Young number two, uh, Cole Wynn at three, Ezekiel Duran at four. Here's the big difference. I have Dustin Harris at five, and I th- think that's a whole conversation we're gonna end up having. Justin Foskew at six, Owen White at seven, Evan Carter at eight, Josh Smith at nine, and um little Lacunia at ten. And uh for me, yeah, it's it's we are we just have a little bit different opinion on Dustin Harris. And for me, it's the quality of the hit tool—that's something where I feel like, like he's he's one of the better um, one of the better in the system. He's the only player in the minor leagues last year that had like uh, twenty or more doubles, home runs, and less than hundred strikeouts. And to me, it's one of those things where uh, he—it's surprising that he's grown that much since he was part of that Mike Minor deal, but. Um, it's Absolute
1: thievery. That, yes.
0: Uh, but it's something where, like, I mean, you look at the 90 per- 90th percentile exit velo of 101. You look at the track record he did last year, and I think it's part of it's me overcorrecting from the previous year, the ratings I had him before. But part of it, and I think part of that, too, is the question about where is his defense going to go. I mean, he, I'm not as yeah. worried about some people as, as his defense because now well, we have a designated hitter. There's places I will, you can put him.
1: I will say he is... You have him listed as a uh, corner infielder. He's listed primarily as an outfielder. He's going to play mostly left field. He is still mm-hmm. going to get some games, his manager said, at first base. They didn't say he was going to get games at third. I have to imagine they'd still want him to play at least a little bit. But, I mean, first base, the entire Rangers infield, like not just the middle infield guys, but the entire Rangers infield is pretty much locked and loaded for the next you know half decade or so with Nathaniel Lowe at first base and Josh Young pretty much written in pen. At third base, plus, you Next know, year. Those, other, those other guys, those other guys that are there. But uh, yeah, I'm high. I'm the high guy on Josh Young. I'm not, I'm because of Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News ranking him number one. I am not the only person to put him number one in my rankings. Part of, the, part of that is, you know, my Texas Tech bias. I have actually seen him in person since he was a freshman at Texas Tech, him and Shay Lang Lears. Uh, and I have been a, big, a really high guy on him. But I did this before Jack Leiter had pitched in a professional game at that point, And Josh Young was literally knocking on the door of the big leagues. And had he not had that shoulder injury, he would be the Rangers opening day third baseman. And, you know, he is, I think you listed him as like out for the year. He's going to be back. He, he's probably not going to play third base this year. But he's scheduled to be back probably sometime around the mid to late August. Mm-hmm. But he's pretty much going to be in just a DH only type of role. I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to start playing third base by the end of the year but i do think he will be back in a lineup what lineup it is i'm not exactly sure but i wouldn't be surprised we made his major league debut towards the end of the season because this guy is as hard a baseball worker as there is and i i really want i really want the rangers to draft his little brother jace young this year and i know that that josh young does as well
0: yeah i mean it's it's something where uh his brother plays second. Obviously, you have you kind of have the question, if you're bringing him in, where do you intend to play him? Uh, but no, I, it's, I actually like the idea of him having a chance to DH and kind of dip his toe into high-level pitching and into MLB before trying to also worry about playing third at the major league level. So I didn't necessarily realize he was going to be back in time to make an impact this season, whether it's at Round Rock or in Arlington. I really am excited about uh, seeing him up there finally. But... Yeah, no, it's it's the thing for me. I think the reason I ended up moving him down to second was ultimately the defense. He's a very hard worker, you know, and he has gotten better at it. But I just didn't necessarily. I mean, he has he has the arm strength. He's worked on on his accuracy throwing to first. I just didn't necessarily feel like his defense and his speed warranted number one overall pro or number one prospect in the system status. But he is. Uh, he is. Very, I do have him very high up there. Uh, I do expect him to have the job next year. Uh, I feel bad for Charlie Culberson. I don't <laughs> necessarily know where Charlie's going to play um, because, like you said, you mean Andy made.
1: Ibanez. Andy Ibanez is the opening day third baseman for now, which is a real nice surprise because I watched him in Double A for a while and I was like, yeah. I don't really get what they're seeing in this kid. But he worked on his defense. He's actually a you know average defensive third baseman. But there's there's one more guy that I want to talk about in the top ten that I think you should be higher on because. And I probably should have had him higher in my rankings, but that's Owen White. And I had him all the way at five. But the stuff that he showed last year in the Fall League, and he missed some significant time because he is, uh, as as one Rangers prospect writer called him, uh, Bar Fight White, uh, because he is a very fiery guy. He punched the ground and broke his hand, and that's why he missed a lot of time. But his stuff is absolutely disgusting. It is electric he is has you know has had some prospect writers put a, a future 70 ofp on him because his stuff is some of the nastiest in the system it might be there with lighter probably done three pitches as good as him but his fastball is nasty his breaking stuff is nasty and he really needs to be on a lot more people's radars as being pretty high A hey, like he needs to be he's going to be a top 100 guy consensus around most places by the indices season. i think
0: yeah, and and the big thing there for me with Owen White is just health. I mean, if yeah. like drafted in twenty eighteen, they kind of they rested him post draft, so he didn't go to to that was part ball. of
1: the the D program the Rangers did that had some disastrous effects. But they'd had so many Tommy John surgeries that I don't blame them for trying. It just worked out horrendously.
0: Yeah, I mean twenty nineteen, he's recovering from his own TJ. Then he lost twenty twenty. So like the the big thing for me is I can recognize the tools. He's got tons of ability. Uh, I do have him on my short list of of top pitching prospects in baseball by next season. But it's just, he's, I, I think he's thrown like 36 innings in professional baseball. And Fair. he was drafted in 2018. And but they were just, really good
1: though. <laughs> they were really
0: good innings. The fastball is a really good fast. I mean, swinging this is almost 50% on that thing. Uh, it's a really good fastball. I think the, my notes say like one of the best fastballs in the entire system. It's just a matter of I've barely seen it. And and he's a guy. He's one of the guys I have marked as like he's going to climb the board relatively quickly, and we're going to have him in that. I mean, probably top five, uh, if not you know top three, if he stays healthy the entire season, just based on what he has. I'll probably overtake Alex Spees for best fastball in the system, Mm -hmm. and um, and be one of the top, you know, five or six pitching prospects in all of baseball.
1: Well, I don't know that I I saw that lighter fastball firsthand, and I saw some of the the track man numbers on it and uh, i had a good, it was a good thing that i was sitting down cuz that was ooh, <laughs> my goodness it was beautiful and disgusting all at the same time
0: yeah it's um i've had a chance to watch lighter pitch in the sec for a little while and then i mean it's it's something where cons- no brainer that's the it was the easiest draft pick i've ever seen i imagine he'll be there's a very very real chance he'll be in in texas this year I mean, no, he I put that as one of my three year. bold
1: predictions of like yeah. he makes a couple of starts by the end of the season because like,
0: and it's not even going to be. Stu- I think he'll be good when he does it. I mean, it's oh, not, yeah, even, no, it's it's not even, it's, even that surprising.
1: It's, I, I think it's going to be. I'm hoping my goal for the Rangers, the Rangers this year is just like not be out of it with in the last month of the season. You don't have to like win anything, but just like don't be completely out of the race. And I think they might bring him up to help them actually win baseball games. At his first full year of being drafted, which is hilarious and amazing.
0: I mean, starting him off at Double A, in and of itself is a huge uh, sign of, you know, vote of confidence in his yeah. stuff and what he does. And I mean, I think he's, I have him as, as the number one prospect in the system. And I, it's kind of reflective of the fact that he's in essence, just about ready to go now. <laughs> Only thing that you're really doing is you're really just one, it's the clock right it's the, it's the service time clock but then really what you're doing is you're just getting him acclimated to uh the the rigors of professional baseball as far as pitching every fifth day you saw in college he skipped this he skipped a start uh due to I, th- I think it was like arm fatigue and he's was, one of it those it was pretty
1: much fatigue he was he yeah. just wasn't you know sustaining it through the last start and he had kind of had a couple of starts that were not as great as he wanted so
0: so, yeah. yeah, but, like, other than that, I mean, he's, in essence, a fully formed, made product, ready to go. And that's what's terrifying. And, like, that's why I had him ultimately number one overall was just the fact that he's got one of the most electric arsenals in the entire country. Uh, you know, the fastball can hit 99. Um, I mean, the the curveball, the slider, and then, like, a changeup that he almost never throws. But, oh, when he does, it's a 40% swing and miss. He just only, he just never throws it. It's It reminds me of Max Scherzer's curveball. Like, he's like, I don't need it. He has it. It's great. He just doesn't use it. Same thing with Lighter. He has a change. He doesn't even need And so, like, that's why I have him number one, is he's got, you know, four-plus pitches, including one that's virtually elite and three that are very, very good.
1: Yeah, he's got a really great arsenal, and him coming up to the big leagues would be uh, something really, really great and really, really fun for Rangers fans to see this year. But coming up, we're going to get into what the timetable on some of these top ten guys are, how they're going to help the Rangers – restock and get back to being a half decent baseball team but first this episode is brought to you by built bar you guys know about built bar it is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been invented that is a fact that is a true and certified you know absolute truth and there are just so many different flavors what what would you say is your is your favorite flavor Lindsay?
0: peanut butter brownie 100 percent, without a doubt peanut butter brownie
1: I like a man who's confident and knows exactly what kind of built bar. For me, I always waffle because there's just there's literally so many and I'm indecisive by nature. So but the mint brownie is, is always solid. You know, if you want to go try these out, they are absolutely delicious and great for you. Full of protein, low in sugar, you can go to built.com, use promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at built dot com.
0: Wait, that was promo code locked fifteen at built dot com
1: yeah correct uh for 15 percent off your order at built.com nice so let's get into this rangers contention window obviously the rangers were horrendous last year their first 100 lost game or season sorry not 100 if they lost by 100 in a game that would be more cause for concern (laughs) i think
0: that would be a record uh it,
1: it would it would most definitely be a record but if their first 100 loss season since the 70s. This team has had some bad years. It had, honestly, some bad decades, but being 100 loss bad is something that they have avoided since until last year, which the last two years has been really rough.
0: Quick diversion. Uh, The modern record for margin of victory was actually your Rangers in 2007. You beat the Orioles 3 3. Oh, no, I remember. That was a
1: great game. It was a great game. I believe. uh, Oh, who was on that team? It wasn't Josh Hamilton, wasn't there yet. Nelson Cruz wasn't there yet. Um, it was some Michael Young action, and I believe uh, – oh, my gosh. Was DeSheris still there, or did he just – he was either
0: there I or – I think he had just left for Atlanta.
1: I think so, because that was, that was the year when things were um, – anyway, that was yeah, a really great – because Salta hit two oh homers in that game. Yeah, he did. Oh, like right. a great Salty. On, on a Rangers – actually, I don't even remember when he left, but he, around that Rangers contention window, that's kind of about where the Rangers are in that timeline of, like – but they really sped up the timeline. That's what happens when you spend half a billion dollars on a new infield, which, you know, thank God they did that. There's so much more fun to watch already this season. But some of these guys, they're going to get here pretty quick. And let's just go through some of the guys who you said we're going to make them, make our, our guesses of who's going to make it this year. Of their top 10 guys, I think I, I say it's Josh Smith is going to make the major leagues this year. I don't know when. But I know he's going to. Cole Wynn is most definitely going to make his debut. I don't know when exactly it is, but I know it's going to be before the end of this year, unless the yeah. Rangers get like super, super conservative with his development. Because, I mean, they let him go a long time in double A last year. He really didn't have that much more to prove in the second half of the season against double A hitters. But again, he was another one of those guys who was in the D load program, hadn't had that much professional experience, but is so polished. I always forget that he's like 21 years old. And. I think, yeah, he was like 21 years old or 20 years old last year. And he's 21 in AAA, knocking on the door of his major league debut. But I think as for those two are the ones, and I think Josh Young eventually, and then maybe a little bit of Jack Lighter, But Smith and Wynn, I think, will contribute for a decent chunk of the season, not just a cup of coffee at the end of the season. Who do you think is going to make it to the major leagues this year from this Rangers system?
0: So I had Smith and Wynn as well. And the question for Smith for me was like where does he play? And you know, and when I do things like this, I assume that guys are healthy. Like I'm not going to assume you're going to have somebody get hurt and miss a bunch of time. And so he's a guy who I think and I if I remember right, my very first episode when I took over this show, I answered a listener question about Josh Smith and I said, "You know, I think Josh Smith would be a pretty decent outfielder." Um and and so like that's something where I think you could you could if he plays the outfield, you could have him up sooner rather than later. But either way uh, I have Smith and Win as guys coming up in 22 and then Duran, Harrison, Foskew in like my 23 batch.
1: Yeah. The question about Smith is a good question because he is a legit shortstop and he almost broke camp with the Rangers. That's how well he did in spring training. He really was, was knocking on the door there. And if, if he wasn't, you know, primarily an infielder, the Rangers wanted to get, you know, quality at bats and they want him to be in AAA because he hasn't, I don't think he's seen A yet before this year, but I think he can play center field. I think that's the question. He's going to be fighting with the Tavares, who is an insanely good defensive center fielder, like mm-hmm. insanely good, but could not hit anything at the major leagues last year, despite having a really solid A season. He's off to a, a really solid start in his first, what? four or five games in triple A. I think he's hitting around like 500 and hitting the snot out of the baseball, which you love to see. He's another guy, a guy who's been on the radar for so long. Fans kind of write him off, but I think he's 23 at the oldest and could provide a lot of value in center field. But Josh Smith is a guy who I really like. I think I'm lower on him. There's a lot of these guys, most of these guys in the top 10 that I'm like, uh I should be higher on this guy. Ugh, I should be higher on this. But then who do I, you know, knock down? It's like, it's a nice problem to have because in years past I did like a top 20 prospects because those are the only guys where I was like, all right, maybe 20 of these guys are going to be big leaguers in some capacity, but I think he's going to, he's going to play a lot of outfield him. And I'm surprised Duran isn't playing more outfield Same. because uh, he's pretty much, he started at shortstop last night, him and Jonathan Arnellis, I think are going to you know split time between second and shortstop, but his manager did say he was going to get a little bit of time. He just said up the middle. And I'm like, So do you mean second and and short, but like, what about center field? He's like, yeah, no, I think he'll get some time up there. And I'm like, okay, okay. He hasn't as quick twitch as, as Josh Smith. I don't think he's as legit defensively at, at shortstop. I really don't. I think he's a left fielder slash second base, but he's got a lot more power than Smith. So yeah, I think he, he comes up in 23 and lighter makes more of an impact of being up there for the full season in 23, Fossey I don't know what what kind of a timeline to put on him he had a really great first half of the season but once he hit double a it really stumped him and I'm a little worried about he was maybe selling out for a little more power he's just not as advanced as I would have thought his strikeout rate was a little higher than I thought it would be for a guy who has his profile but I think Dustin Harris also makes it in
0: 2023 yeah I mean and and the big question on a lot of these guys, obviously, is is just where do they play? I mean, with mm-hmm. so many infielders, but but Foskey's a guy. I think I'm. A, I mean, I had him at sixth. I it's the one I don't necessarily super believe in at sixth. It's something where we just. I mean, he's re- he really hasn't been healthy, and we just have not seen nearly enough of him for for my taste. I mean, he's got like sixty games in professional baseball. Obviously, you know, he was a high school guy, and it's something where like okay. Um, you don't have a ton of time with him. Uh, he, when you saw him in, in, in high a, he looked good. Like you said, scuffled in double a, um, really like really goes for the home run a little too much. And that's something you see in the younger guys. And I just want to see him kind of grow out of that. Um, well, he was he
1: was a college guy. He, he was, you know, Mississippi state. And the whole thought was the whole thought was that he was a polished guy. And I, that whole 2020 draft I was so confused by it at the time as a Rangers fan. And, yeah, we're going to get into this a little bit more. But it's looking like that 2020 draft could be a huge, huge bonus for the Rangers. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to look a little bit more at that 2020 draft for the Texas Rangers. So that 2020 draft is – there's a lot of guys on there. At the time, I was super critical and I – kind of lambasted the Rangers for what they did because they sounded so full of themselves. They were so proud of what they did. And you know the Rangers history with draft with drafting. It's been bad. It's been really bad, especially at the top end for the last few years. They've done a pretty good job of finding guys in like the 10th through like 20th round that ended up being somewhat capable major leaguers in some capacity. And like that's great. That's a nice bonus. But when you keep screwing up these top picks, like before before these last few years, the the Rangers first round pick history was terrible. I mean, Joey Gallo was one of the few ones that actually came up and made an impact basically since Mark Teixeira. Like that's how long it would been wow. since the Rangers did well of drafting a first round pick. And they were just like every draft expert was like, I don't know what these Rangers are doing with these like high school kids like TK Roby and with Evan Carter and with a couple of the other guys and Foskey, too. They're just like, I don't. This is dumb. And they're like Evan we Carter. think we we think we out outscar- scouted everyone. And I'm like your history says you did not. Maybe you did, but like your history says no, you probably just you know screwed screwed up really bad on this one. And it's looking like no, they were pretty right about that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean like Evan Carter's a guy wasn't on the top 500 list going That's into the just draft. Crazy and I'm me. like there's only 5 rounds and you're capping like they're capping signing bonuses afterwards. If literally, if you've done such a good job at scouting him, just sign him afterwards. Like somebody else had to know about him for you to take him in the second. And when it first happened, I was really confused. And then you go and you look, and he's a kind of a consensus, you know, top 20 guy there. And it's, it's, I mean, Foskiew Carter, Roby is a guy that I've got in this rundown as, you know, somebody who, who, I'm excited to watch a bit. Oh, keep your um, eyes
1: on him because that guy's got some nasty stuff. He's changing his arm angle, so his spring was a little bit bad, but he's getting a more you know, repeatable mechanic, so it's it's going to do less damage. Because That was one of the worries about him is he had you know kind of funky mechanics that might have hurt him. He was avail- able to dodge Tommy John surgery last year, but did have that elbow injury, so there's a little bit of yeah. nerves there. But he's still figuring it out, but his stuff is it's real good.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the spin rate on the fastball is like 2,500 RPMs. The mm-hmm. curveball is almost 3,000. Um, I mean, and then uh, the the changeup has that good, you know, 10-mile-an-hour difference from the fastball. Uh, and and he's a guy that a little bit lower ranked in the system, but somebody that I'm really high on. And he's going to be in, in high A hickory. I think he's going to make it to double A easily during the course of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's my dark horse for maybe even making it to triple A.
1: I don't know. I think that might be a little aggressive. The Rangers were pretty aggressive with him and with uh, with the other guy that I literally just said two seconds ago, um, Evan Carter. Evan Carter, his back injury scares me a little bit, but I think everything that I've heard, he's a legit defender in center field. The on-base, he only played like 30 games last year, but he had an on-base over 400 as an 18-year-old in full-season ball, or a 19-year-old in full-season ball, and I was like, oh?
0: Yeah, that's oh, a big. That's a you, big thing.
1: And you play center field, and, and you, you walk a, more than
0: you struck out.
1: And you have a little bit of power, especially for a teenager. That'll probably come along more. That's very exciting. But this double A rotation is is stacked. Like it is stacked. It is six deep. It is legit six deep. And there's like a seventh guy that will probably get some time. But I'm sure they would have liked to seen Owen White and. And TK Roby up or Tacoa, how are you? I usually say TK because I usually screw up either writing or pronouncing Takoa, but I'm somehow doing it really well now. But like it, it's gonna be a matter of time before these guys. I believe every single pitcher of the six in the Frisco rotation is a big leaguer. And I think all of them have the capability to be some level of big league starter. Like it is really nasty. Zach Kent probably has the best slider in the system. Really interesting kid, is a slider first kind of guy which I love a weirdo. Love a guy who pitches non-conventionally. Cole Reagan's the guy who had two Tommy John surgeries, former first-round pick, has a disgusting changeup, and his touch 97 now. He's sitting 93 to 95, and the slider looks better. The curveball looks better. He's been working a whole lot on those. Got to see a live BP of him. Really like him. And there is also Cody Bradford, who is the opening day starter, who is a local kid from Alito, went to Baylor, had some injury issues, but is a really solid... A really solid prospect that should be on more people's radars like this is a really really good Frisco rotation it's not just Jack Leiter there's a lot of guys in here that are pretty dang good
0: I am coming to Arlington uh for the Brave series to visit my mom she lives in Dallas and um and I I'm really am trying to find a way during this trip to like make it to Frisco and see some of these guys because I have seen nothing but great things my ML my Milb.tv has been pretty much locked onto them for, you know, for the first week into the season. Um, All right. Since, since I'm the prospect guy, do you want some like super deep guys like outside the top 30 guys that Rangers fans should pay attention to um, for when they, they eventually make it onto these lists?
1: yes yes i would love that give me give me the random prospect guys that are only like there's some hearsay and whispers that there might be a guy this guy threw a hundred once but he's shrouded in in an invisibility cloak like give me those type of guys those are my favorites
0: one okay so one of these guys literally the video i think was filmed on a potato i could barely (laughs) i could barely and then to go along with it i got like a like a blurry cell phone camera of a track band screen like it's but, um, okay, so uh, right-hand pitcher Emiliano Teodo. I think I'm saying that right. He's got great velocity. Um, he's got a, a, a great spin. So, like, the stuff is there in the pitches. He's just incredibly young. He needs professional innings. And then if you look at him, he's a little bit on the smaller side. He's not, like, Tristan McKenzie small, but mm-hmm. he's, he's a little bit on the lighter side and needs that body development. But, like, I'm looking at velo, and he's already upper 90s the size that he is, give that man 10 pounds of muscle, 15 pounds of muscle, you know, put him in a professional like nutrition and, so and like weight a, development.
1: A, like a Ronnie Enriquez type.
0: Yeah. Like he's, he, he he's going to be throwing 102. I mean, he's going to be a hundred green. So I <laughs> like a, a guy super deep. I'm excited on just as if nothing else just to see him play domestically. Yeah. Um. Outf- outfielder, Yosie Galan. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, okay. Tons of tons of power just I mean hits like light tower power just hits bombs got a little too much swing in this so that's something where I think if you see him on this list it's going to be can't he fix that Mm -hmm. Um, you know can you just make more solid contact and then the last one is Daniel Mateo lots of questions I have about Daniel Mateo Um, exceptional defender in center field I've heard he added like 20 pounds of muscle which is a lot yeah yeah that's a lot (laughs) And so the first thing I think of is I think of like Jason Dominguez of the Yankees who went from like plus plus speed to average speed because he kind of thickened up a bit. He was eating uh, stuff that was not built bars. He was eating candy bars, not built bars. (laughs) And so Daniel Mateo added 20 pounds of muscle. I want to see how fast he is. I'm worried he may have to move to a corner, but I still think he'll have above average um, defense at a corner spot. He's got contact ability. If he can trade some of that speed for some power, Uh, have above average defense in a corner, you're going to be incredibly happy. I just need to see him run a little bit first. Uh, But three guys who who pretty deep in the system, but have a lot of intriguing tools are going to be in, you know, in the low minors this year. And hopefully they can be part of like the tail end of that next wave coming to, to Texas.
1: Yeah. And we talked a little bit at the top of the show about the depth of middle infielders and, you know, there are quite a few of them, but I, I think I think there's only a couple of them that I feel like are legit shortstops. Because at this point, you've got Luis Angel Acuna, we both had in the top 10. Josh Smith, I think, is le- a legit shortstop. But you know his bat is going to be good enough to where the Rangers are going to want it in there and probably will end up putting him in the outfield. Acuna, I think, is a legit shortstop. Maximo Acosta is a guy who is at number eleven on my list, and it's kind of, you know, fringy in there. Trevor Hover was listed as a second base slash left fielder. That dude is just going to be playing left field. That is not an infielder. Um, Davis Wenzel is a guy who I don't think most people have on their prospect list. He was a uh, what's the complimentary. Round Compensatory round, not complimentary round. Um, but he was picked literally right what a after. very nice round you have
0: there. Uh,
1: oh, it's so nice of your round. Oh, you're so pretty this round. Um, but he was picked right after Josh Young. They're both co-players of the year in the Big 12 that year. And I was just kind of confused by the pick at the time because you know, they looked very similar. Obviously, they both had you know some questions about their power. He's turned out to be a little bit better of a defender. I think he is legit shortstop. He kind of strikes me as a Cobrasen type, and that there's not going to be a lot of power there. I would have liked to see more of that, but I think he's going to have a pretty long big league career as a backup utility guy because he plays a pretty decent shortstop, pretty decent, pretty good third base, plays some second base and some corner outfielder. Good dude, likable dude, impeccable flow, just impeccable oh, yes. flow, he's and. And I think he's going to be on on some rosters for a long time, if not you know pushing Charlie Culberson maybe even this year, depending on yeah. how, fat, how fast he you know gets that bat around AAA pitching.
0: And, and part of that for him is he's just had bad luck with injuries. I yeah. mean you know once he's healthy, I have him at like 32 on my board. Um, I have him right right above Bubba Thompson who mm. just needs to stop striking out so much for the love of goodness. Mm. <laughs> Man, stop cut it out.
1: That guy made some some pretty big developments last year in terms of like plate plate like approach to the plate and ability to recognize spin. Like it it was like 2019, and I was kind of like, I don't want to give up on a kid. Yeah, with that with those kind of tools, it was a first rounder. Also, he is a kid from Alabama, so like you know I have got some love for that there. And he I, I think he was also thinking about signing with with Bama to play football. Uh, before he got drafted in the first round, which is a great career move. But he started to figure things out. Those tools are loud. And if he can, you know, have at least an average pro- approach, like he could be a big league starter, that things would have to go better. But I think he's going to be, at the very worst, an impact bat off the bench and provide mm-hmm. some pretty decent outfield defense and speed. He's got some loud tools. And, you know, to be. A major league bench player, you got to have some loud tools. You can have some deficiencies, like he does with the approach, but you got the tools like that. The Rangers, any team, should give you a long leash to figure things out.
0: Yeah, I mean, just just the athleticism's there. He can play, and and that's something where okay, there's always a role for that kind of guy in baseball. You know, um, he can field, he can hit enough, he can run. Uh, you're going to be able to use him. And I, I want him to do more. Uh, he was an Auburn commit for baseball before he was an Alabama commit. He flip-flopped. And so a little bit of me is like, ah, you can't go from one to the other. That's not how it works. I
1: you mean, it, it it did for, uh, I can't remember that linebacker that got an Auburn tattoo and then transferred to Alabama. Rashawn
0: Evans. That's the Rashawn Evans. Absolutely. He got an Auburn tattoo and then he flipped from or Auburn wait, to Alabama. Or was
1: that Reuben Foster?
0: Oh, Reuben Foster. You're right. I was, like, Foster. I was
1: like, I can't remember exactly who it was, but, um, I, I, good kid too mm-hmm. i'm I'm glad that we we got some auburn. Bama rivalry into this podcast. Wait until the thirty. I knew it was going to come out sometime. I made sure to wear my Alabama shirt, even though my head is covering up this Alabama flag, but you, you knew it was going to come out sometime.
0: The, the Auburn, Alabama um, baseball series is actually going to be pretty impactful this year. Both teams are like neck and neck in the sec West behind Arkansas. And so the iron bowl of baseball is actually going to be a big deal this year. So
1: the iron baseball.
0: No, got him. There you go.
1: About to say I played, uh, my, my one athletic flex is that I, I played club water polo for Bama, and every time that we played Auburn, we called it the Iron Fish Bowl, and it was one of my favorite things. And we were undefeated 3-0 and in my three Iron Fish Bowls during my – long and storied two year career as a backup <laughs> club water polo player for the university of
0: Alabama. I just got, I got my MBA from there. Auburn and had no idea we even had a club water polo team. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I had no idea we even had one.
1: Nobody knows. We only yeah. do travel tournaments, but uh, we actually did have a travel tournament in Auburn. So I have seen the planes in my nice. time at Alabama, but this has been a lot of fun talking Rangers prospects with you. Um, any final thoughts on this system? Any final things that you're most excited about for this farm system this year, or just things that you're genuinely impressed by about the Rangers doing?
0: I want to see Jack Lighter pitch in the big leagues now. <laughs> just <laughs> just do it now. Who cares? Do it now. <laughs> if you want to wait for Super Two deadline, do that. That's fine. But just go ahead and promote him. We all know he's <laughs> he's ready. Come on, what are we doing? He threw he threw sixty whole
1: pitches, and I think more. Th- a little bit more than half of them were strikes in that start on Saturday. But the kid is as polished in so many ways at interviews. You know, you could tell that this is literally all he wants. Like I, I, I put Josh Young really high up on because of his makeup, but like Jack Leiter has a really high makeup too. And both in that, both of them are absolutely clinically obsessed with baseball. Like Josh Young has been hurt, and while he's been hurt, he's been at every spring training game talking to everybody, sitting on the bench, absorbing every little thing that he could, and I know Jack Leiter is so ridiculously solely focused on baseball, you can tell in his interviews. Not that he's like a jerk about it, but he's just like, yeah, I know the stock answer to give. My dad pitched in the big league for 20 years. He's also on television, so I know how to answer your stupid questions and make me look nice and make the Rangers look nice and also let you know that I don't give a crap about any of this. I just want to go out and annihilate hitters, which is what Rangers fans I'm absolutely here, love. Yeah. absolutely love.
0: Th- that is his version of, I'm just here so I won't get fined.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's even nice about it, too. It's like, oh, okay. He even answered my stupid question about Waterberg, which I'm like, He answered it the right way, too. Didn't just answer it, but, like, had some personality about saying that he liked Whataburger. I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do when you're in Texas. You have done your homework. Kudos to you, Jack Leiter. Now go shove and get to AAA, like, next week, and then get to the big leagues the week after. Because John Gray's already hurt, and I'm jonesing for (laughs) some Jack Leiter Major League innings, which I'm hoping that we get by the end of the season. But thank you so much for joining me. Where can Rangers fans find you and your good work, Lindsey Crosby?
0: So I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. And you can subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects, wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. And if you have questions about any guys in the system, we do mailbags every single Monday. Send them in.
1: It's a great mailbag and a great show. Thank you so much for taking the time. That'll do it for this edition of Locked On Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Oh. Um.